the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out and came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from the heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. O oh Lord, may your word only be spoken, and may your word only be heard. In the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. Amen. I'm only too aware of the fact that today is the 10th anniversary of the attacks on New York and Washington and of the downed plane in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I know you are too. Most of us probably remember exactly where we were when we heard the news. And we're aware also of what that attack unleashed in our political and social and religious spheres in this country and around the world. But this sermon is not going to be a nice, neat package on what the gospel has to say about how we should feel or interpret or react to these events and memories of that day. They would be as varied, those feelings and reactions would be as varied as there are people. I think we can probably agree 
to honor the lives of the thousands of precious individuals who died and we can sit silently beside the monstrous grief and rage and destruction and we can acknowledge the heroism of those who served mightily to save and serve those at those three ground zeroes and we can continue to pray for justice and peace in those areas of our common life both domestically and abroad which have been so deeply affected by those events we can do all those things and also remember that there is something bigger even than death and destruction and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ which can handle the worst that humanity has to offer on this day it so happens that we have before us lectures about freedom our readings are about freedom about tolerance forgiveness and even vengeance all which are represented i think in the broad spectrum of issues and feelings that surround September 11th in the gospel today we continue to hear Jesus' teaching from past weeks on a holy christian living what does it mean to live a holy life in christian community we hear it again from the gospel of matthew and his teaching this morning is on forgiveness and that's where i'm going to meander around a bit this morning with you forgiveness is perhaps the hardest yet most critical aspect of our spiritual lives and it's perhaps most germane when tragic and terrible events touch us personally one might say that forgiveness is at the very heart of what it means to be a christian after all if you look at the lord's prayer and parse out the lines right smack in the middle of it is the petition for forgiveness to receive it and to be able to offer it forgiveness is complex it's mysterious it's holy and it's hard and i've wondered perhaps even if it might have been hard for jesus if we remember that scene on the cross where he says father forgive them for they know not what they do was it because he couldn't muster it up himself and god the father had to do it for him i wonder But what's so disturbing to me about this particular gospel is not that we're exhorted to forgive it's the parable which follows which seems on the face of it outrageously to endorse coercion and torture and condemnation as God's fitting punishment for those of us who can't find it within us to forgive with our hearts things i've read about this how we might drop with this uh tell us some of them tell us to embrace the outrageousness of the terms of the parable a man named Fred Craddock who's a preacher and writes for preachers who struggle with these things and what to what to preach about says this he says the gospel is full of outrageousness Jesus after all is not averse to talking about someone walking around with a big log protruding from his eyeball or pondering a camel squeezing through the eye of a needle or pondering a human swallowing a camel but choking on a gnat or someone who says to that mountain jump up and and jump into the sea or 
talking about a servant who had racked up several thousand lifetimes of debt. Craddock says, this particular slave had maxed out his card. The debt, continuing in this outrageousness theme, the debt for the first slave that refuses to forgive his compatriot, compatriot uh, he was owed about a hundred days of income for a laborer in the ancient world. Not an inconsiderable amount of money. The debt that the king cancels for the first slave amounts to 150,000 years of income for an ancient laborer in the ancient world. The contrast, obviously, between what the king forgives and what the slave can't or won't forgive could not be more stark. And, of course, the implication is that only God could forgive such an incalculable debt beyond imagining, outrageous debt. And it seems clearly then to follow there's nothing that God cannot forgive. And that's gospel truth. It's the slaves or let's say human beings in general who have trouble with forgiveness. The question is, or one of the questions is for us, which slave am I? Am I the one who refuses to forgive? Or am I the one who keeps seeking forgiveness and can't get it? I would add that there's another, another kind of slave in this story that's not mentioned. And that's the slave who resists receiving forgiveness. Some of you may have seen the movie The Mission. It came out about 25 years ago. In that movie, Robert De Niro plays a slave trader in the Amazon basin in the 17th century who, in a fit of jealous rage, kills his brother, whom he loves more than life itself. But in a fit of rage, he kills him. And as he's going through the aftermath of that agony, he comes under the sway of a Jesuit priest played by Jeremy Irons, who is running a mission to the Guarini Indians there in the Amazon basin. And as part of that relationship, De Niro experiences a religious conversion, a profound religious conversion that includes penance for the murder of his brother. And part of this penance, you may recall, if you've seen it, it's a pretty vivid image, is that De Niro drags behind him a bag of armor, a net that is full of swords and metal helmets and breastplates and all kinds of things that you would use for war and killing. And he has a big bag of them behind him and he walks around with this bag. And if you've seen the movie or you know the geography, it's, a, it's mountainous. It's a rainforest. You couldn't ask for harder terrain to carry around your sin and to hold on to it. Well, in a, an incredibly powerful scene, one of the one of the Guarini Indians, one of the Indians who had suffered, this tribe had suffered from slave trading for a long, long time. It's one of the Indians who says enough. And he cuts the bag of armor from De Niro's back and it plunges down into the gorge. And finally, finally, he is able to receive this flood of love and forgiveness that had just been waiting for him, waiting for him to receive it. I think many of us have this precise affliction. 
the reluctance to offer and accept forgiveness to ourselves. And this is important. It's not just about me, me, me. This is important because if we can't forgive ourselves, it's unlikely we will be able to receive the forgiveness that Jesus has for us. And if we can't receive that, then we are unlikely to be able to extend forgiveness to anyone else. And then we really are already in that torment that Jesus describes at the end of that parable. We're already there. Unable to receive or extend forgiveness to oneself is one definition, I would say, of hell. A suffocating box of resentment and pain. And when we multiply that individual torment by the multitudes of humanity, we can see where we end up, where we are. And that's a society filled with rage and war. That's the bad news. The bad news is that our lives are so broken, we need to give and receive forgiveness. We know it. Jesus tells us so. The gospel is always bad news before it's good news. The good news is that there is abundant love and forgiveness for each one of us. Always, always, always. Jesus tells us that over and over again. I want to close with one definition of forgiveness. It comes from the novel The Shack. Some of you may have read it. It was popular three or four years ago or so. It's the story of a man whose young daughter is kidnapped and murdered and whose justified, justified rage and pain are threatening to eat him alive. And the God character in this book, who happens to be an African-American woman called Papa, this character tells Mac, who's the man who's in such agony, God tells Mac, who obviously is struggling to forgive the murderer, God says, forgiveness is not forgetting, nor is it creating a relationship. It's letting go of the other guy's throat. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's letting go of the other guy's throat. May God give each one of us the strength and courage to let go of the other guy's throat and especially our own. Amen. Amen.